This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Hey everyone, good afternoon and welcome to SaskAg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, farmers are finding it more attractive to own a semi and haul their grain rather than rely on custom trucking. More on that from Chief Agricultural Editor of SaskAgToday.com, Kevin Hirsch. The Canadian Grain Commission's Harvest Sample Program is underway. And a food farm program in the Parkland region was held last week. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Fresh Water. Fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. It has become increasingly attractive for farmers to own a semi to haul their own grain to market rather than relying on custom truckers. This report from Kevin Hirsch, Chief Agricultural Editor for SaskAgToday.com. Everyone, including farmers seeking to get a Class 1A driver's license to drive big trucks, needs melt mandatory entry-level training. As Susan Ewert, Executive Director of the Saskatchewan Trucking Association explains, MELT has resulted in fewer people obtaining their Class 1A. So in prior to March of 2019, SGI had been working on a standardized curriculum for uh, the driver training schools to teach to Class 1A drivers. And then obviously we had the tragedy that happened in Humboldt and it got made to be mandatory at that time. So that was sort of late 2018. And then between March of 2019, there was a real like upsurge and people wanting to get it done before MELT came in. So we had a lot of people get their license in that short time period and then it dropped off after March of 2019 because of course the cost then um, was set by the driver trading schools it is there isn't a, um, a maximum price that can be charged SGI didn't mandate that so that's sort of what happened with the uptick in the drivers prior to melt happening so we've got fewer people getting class one licenses now than we used to yes because it's really expensive and there's not a lot of new people coming to the industry um, we've got a aging driver population who are retiring. I mean, COVID really did push a lot of retirements for drivers because, I mean, the average age of a driver today working in Saskatchewan is about 55, but that's actually trending upwards. So there are more people working in trucking today that are 65 plus still driving a truck. The Saskatchewan Trucking Association promotes careers in trucking and they've had some success attracting female drivers. However, a large number of job vacancies remain. The median wage is just $25 an hour. Susan Ewart notes that farmers doing their own trucking have a number of competitive advantages over the commercial trucking industry. 
They do, especially if they are registered as an F-plated power unit. The cost of insurance is less. They're not subject to the periodic motor vehicle inspections twice a year. Um, they can obtain a permit, actually, for a very cost-effective. At one point, it was $11 from SGI to actually turn that truck into a four-hire, like their competitor might. So now they can go and haul their neighbor's goods. So the cost definitely is different, uh, different there. Plates are reduced, no cargo insurance requirements, just a lot of different things can happen there. Farmers are also exempt from carbon tax and excise tax on diesel fuel. Semis are becoming standard equipment on many farms and some farmers are retaining a full-time employee by having that employee deliver grain through the winter months. For SaskAg Today, I'm Kevin Hirsch. Coming up next is the 2023 Harvest Sample Program from the Canadian Grain Commission and how farmers can get involved. You're listening to SaskAg Today on 620 CKRM. We're back with SaskAg Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of SaskAg Today is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch. Prairie 6-inch eaves trough size matters. So see Prairie 6-inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavesTrough.ca And Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit GrowMoreProfit.com. The Canadian Grain Commission's Harvest Sample Program is up and running for the 97th year. Carrie Pluscatch is the Program Manager for Analytical Services at the CGC. She says farmers who've registered can submit grain of their choosing to the Commission and will receive a free, unofficial grade of the grain, as well as different quality assessments. Farmers can get involved at no cost by going online to www.grainscanada.gc. .ca/hsp she describes the process after registration what they would do is they would select the grains that they're growing that year and we would make a package for them so they'll get a big envelope in the mail and it'll include like how to sample their grain it will include different envelopes depending on what commodity they sign up for um, and then we ask them to fill an envelope up of their grain and then they throw that envelope in the mail and it arrives for us. And again, it's no cost for shipping or to sign up. And it's about, it ends up being about one kilogram of sample that the envelope can hold. Not only does the program help a farmer determine the quality of grain for marketing purposes, it also helps the Grain Commission in a number of ways. It gives us an overall sense of the quality of the harvest that is being uh, grown across Canada. Um, in this year. It can identify potential problems uh, that may cause customer concern. It helps market the Canadian grain and show the good quality of uh, grain that we grow each year. We also use uh, the leftover samples to evaluate our grain grades and our tolerances for the grade grains. Um, and then many of the researchers use the sample for uh, different research projects as well. So a lot of the sample is used up each year. She noted participation in the program can vary from year to year, depending on how the growing season went. Last year, it was a really good quality crop. So in good years, we tend to see that less um, samples are submitted to the program, just because producers will know they have a good quality crop. But we still like to receive the samples because it just helps us with many different things that I've mentioned. So this year, we are actually on track to meet 
to hit the same amount of samples as we did last year. So currently we've received just over 6,200 samples that we're busy processing. Um, and we were around that mark last year. A lot of samples the Grain Commission receives comes, comes from Western Canada. In fact, in some years, they've received as many as 12,000 samples. In the drought year of 2021, the Commission got 11,000 grain samples. Plus, Catch says they're open to feedback to improve the program. We hear from producers all the time um, through our email or calling us. Um, we're also at some trade shows across Canada at different times of the year where they could, you know, give us feedback. And we're open to any feedback or how we can improve our program. Interested producers have until November 13th to register online, and those who have signed up have until November 30th to submit their grain sample. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up is today's Ag Review. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. The Dairy Farmers of Canada are recommending that an upcoming adjustment to the farm gate price of milk be delayed amid ongoing food inflation and pressure on the food industry to stabilize prices. In a statement on their website Friday, Dairy Farmers of Canada President David Weens says the organization recommends that the Canadian Dairy Commission delay any price adjustment on milk until further notice. The recommendation comes after the Canadian Federation of Independent Grocers last week called for a pause on any further increases to milk prices. The Canadian Dairy Commission is a crown corporation that reviews the price dairy farmers are paid for their milk every fall, with adjustments to that price made in February. This year, the Commission's formula determined that price could go up 1.77% in February. CN and CPKC Rail supplied a combined 85% of hopper cars ordered in Grain Week 10, a modest increase from the previous week's 83% order fulfillment performance. The slight improvement in overall performance reflects a significant improvement in performance for CN, largely offset by a notable decline in performance for CPKC. In supplying 86% of hopper cars ordered on time in Week 10, CN saw performance improve materially from the 69% order fulfillment performance they posted in Week 9. CN performance remains below the 90% performance threshold for the 6th consecutive week and for the 7th time in the last 8 weeks. On the heels of a significant improvement, CPKC order fulfillment performance saw a notable decline with the railway supplying 84% of shipper orders in week 10 as compared to 97% order fulfillment performance in week 9. CPKC performance once again falls below the 90% threshold for the second time in the last three weeks. A professor at the Western College of Veterinary Medicine says black-legged ticks, which can carry Lyme disease, are still active this time of year and should not be dismissed. Emily Jenkins says a majority of the ticks found in Saskatchewan are the American dog tick, but there are others to keep an eye out for. 
Jenkins says black-legged ticks are much smaller than brown ticks that are typical in May and June. They tend to reside in tall grass, brush, and wooded areas. Russia has destroyed almost 300,000 metric tons of grain since July in attacks on Ukraine's port facilities and on ships, underscoring the war's threat to global food security. This summer, Moscow quit a UN-brokered deal that had allowed exports of Ukrainian grain through the Black Sea safely. Since then, Russian forces have hit six civilian ships and 150 port and grain facilities during 17 attacks, destroying crops headed for export. The damage on Ukrainian ports has reduced the country's grain export potential by 40%. Russia has attacked port facilities on both the Black Sea and Danube River. 21 grain-loaded vessels have already used a new humanitarian grain corridor in the Black Sea that Kyiv established in August. Under the previous UN Black Sea Grain Initiative, Ukraine had exported 33 million metric tons of grain, with 60% of that shipped to African and Asian countries. European Union governments have failed to give a decisive opinion on a proposal to extend by 10 years EU approval for the use of glyphosate, the active ingredient in Bayer's Roundup herbicide. A qualified majority of 15 countries representing at least 65% of the bloc's population had been required either to support or to block the proposal. The European Commission said in a statement there was no qualified majority either way in a vote by a committee of the EU's 27 members. EU governments will try again in the first half of November when another failure to produce a clear opinion would leave the decision with the European Commission. A decision is needed by December 14th as the current approval expires the following day. The previous time glyphosate's license came up for reapproval, the EU gave it a five-year extension after EU countries twice failed to support a 10-year period. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, a mainly sunny sky and a high of 18 degrees. Tonight, increasing cloudiness and a low of 6. Tomorrow, cloudy, then partly cloudy and a 30% chance of afternoon showers. Winds from the southeast at 20 kilometers an hour, then changing to the southwest at 30 in the afternoon. High of 19 degrees, the low 6 again. Wednesday, clearing up, high of 15, the low 7. Sunshine on Thursday, high of 19, plus 2 is the low. Friday sunny, high of 20, the low 3. Saturday partly cloudy, high of 15, the low 1 degree. And partly cloudy again on Sunday, high of 9 degrees. Normal highs for this period are around 10 degrees, normal lows minus 3. Sun rose at 722 this morning, and the sun will set at 6.05 p.m. Taking a look around the province in Estevan, Swift Current, 16, Saskatoon, 12, Weyburn, 18, and Yorkton, 14. The warm spot in Saskatchewan is in Rock Glen at 19.3, and the cool spot in Stony Rapids at 8.9.
In Regina, mainly sunny sky, west-southwest wind at 8 kilometers an hour, humidity at 48%, temperature 16 degrees or 60 Fahrenheit, barometric pressure at 102.0, and falling. In Moose Jaw, mainly sunny, west-northwest wind at 9, temperature 18 degrees. Again in Regina, mainly sunny, west-southwest wind at 8, temperature 16. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. Lindgren Farms near Norquay hosted the fall edition of their food farm on Thursday with school children from across the region in attendance. Jennifer Lindgren says the focus shifted towards talk of harvest and what those seeds the kids planted in the spring are like now. Uh, the day was great. Um, it's so good to see the kids out again after coming back from the spring food farm. There's always so much excitement and enthusiasm from the kids when they come back to the farm. She tells us what the kids got to see. Yeah, this fall we did, we had SAS Power Out again. That's always an exciting one for the kids. They always seem to really absorb the safety aspect of power lines and what to do if you hit a power line. Um, our other safety one was we had auger safety, and we actually had a gentleman who had lost his arm in an auger show his arm and explain what not to do so that uh, kids could understand why not to stick their arm in an auger. So those are our two safety stations. Uh, we always do an equipment station, so combine, and we showed the kids how to dump a truck into a bin. And we had goats this year for our animals, and they were very excited to learn about the different byproducts that you can get from goat milk and the different kind of goats there are, um, meat and dairy and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then also we had oats and wheat and canola and legumes and they got to grind and mash all that stuff up and got to try the different products that come from those crops. Lindgren adds the timing was right because they just finished their harvest last Sunday. Yeah, we were had just under 14,000 acres to get off. So we had our neighbors pull into give us a hand on Thanksgiving. So it was a pretty wonderful day. We had the green versus the red out there and it was quite the sight to see. She tells us what they seeded this year. Uh, we have canola, oats, wheat, and peas. Lindgren was happy with their yields. The yields are really good. Yeah, we're really happy with how they were, how the crops came off. The, without having a frost this fall early on, the canola was pretty tough chewing. Um, but I guess when you get a good yield, you got to be patient and just take her slow to get the crop off. She was also impressed with the crop quality. Crop quality was good. Yeah, all number one. The wheat was nice and red and the canola seeds were nice and plump. The peas came off they were amazing. Yeah, came back at 98% germ for our, our pea seed. And uh, yeah, everything's just looking awesome. Lingren says they had students attend from another community, a number of communities rather, in the area. Yeah, we had Norquay, Sturgis, Campsack, and Priestville. They're the schools that continuously come out. So it's good to see them back every year. 
And she says the kids really seem to enjoy the experience. It's just so good to impact the kids. I got messages from the teachers and the parents afterwards just saying that their kids are excited to learn about agriculture right until bedtime and being able to see it for themselves on the farm made it more amazing for them. So I guess our hearts are pretty full when the kids leave after the end of the day. And I guess we've done our job to share our love for agriculture. Jennifer and Jordan Lindgren, along with their four children, own and operate Lindgren Farms at Norquay. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Looked at Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Over the past few years, more consumers were asking the question, where does my food come from? Some would suggest the pandemic had a role to play in that, as more Canadians started cooking their own meals and wanted the freshest ingredients possible. The impact of the pandemic may also have created opportunities for fresh food ideas. One of those was a company called Vertical Roots, with its head office based in Edmonton. This is one of the founders, Mike Newhook. So we started about three and a half years ago. And actually, we started in Asia. Uh, my wife and I, years ago, like 19 years ago, used to live over there working with kids uh, in the Philippines and uh, observed that they were all farmers and, you know, pretty rough life. They weren't making it. And so we went back to visit 18 years later with our kids and saw that they were still struggling and they were still taken, being taken advantage of and not able to grow year-round. And so we started an aquaponics greenhouse farm uh, the first commercial aquaponics greenhouse farm in the Philippines, which basically means uh, we have fish in the water, we feed the fish, their waste converts to f- to plant food, and so you can grow plants in the same water as fish, obviously separate tanks, but you can grow them in the silk. It all kind of started from there, and then we had come home after a couple years of building those farms, and then, of course, the pandemic stopped the world, and I started thinking, man, I wonder what I'm going to do. And uh, so I started growing in the back shop of my in-laws while we were staying with them while we were transitioning back to Canada. And uh, people were like, oh, man, we want to try your lettuce because we saw you growing it over there and it looks so great. And it kind of just rolled from there. Yeah, so then we started our first prototype room actually out in Tofield in a little 500-square-foot uh, room that a family had owned and just started testing everything and sourcing all the stuff like lights and pumps and things and testing. And then we rolled out into Edmonton about a year later. Uh, so we were, have been in Edmonton for two years now. And uh, yeah, with the, the goal was always to convert it into a franchisable like license, licensing company. So that's kind of how it all started. Newhook says the approach is different here in Canada than in the Philippines. Yeah, so we're not aquaponics here in Canada. We're hydroponics. So we basically took the fish out of the equation. We mix up our nutrients. Uh, we use high-grade commercial uh, they call it greenhouse grade uh, nutrients, which is a very low salt based nutrients. And so we do multi level vertical farming here as opposed to single level like we did. So we would have a 200 foot greenhouse, whereas you can have like a 50 foot section and you can grow upwards. So we grow vertically. So our racks go up 14 feet high and we grow in layers. So the water feeds down through the beds and the plants get the nutrients 24 hours a day. That's Mike Newhook with Vertical Roots. You can find out more about them and what they produce at verticalroots.ca. 
Up next is the market update on Sask Ag Today. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were up in early trading today. Canola is up $1.30 at 677.82. Number one red spring wheat is up $1.51 to 330.55. The rest were unchanged. Durham 489.23. Feed barley 277.58. Chickpeas 1036.17. Flax 611.54. Lentils 780.50. Oats 289.32. Yellow peas 399.89 and feed wheat 235.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for December is up four and a quarter cents at seven dollars and twenty-six and a quarter cents a bushel. Coming up is the livestock report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 6:20 CKRM. Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. Now the latest livestock quotes. Heartland Livestock Market Report. It's Brett Jensen reporting from the Swift Current Yards. We finish off the week with 6,300 head on offer, and here's how it went. In the cow trade, good cows, they brought $1.20 to 145. Medium cows, they were 90 to $1.20. Hefferets and feeding cows, they were 180 to 235. The good bulls were 150 to 173. Into the feeder cattle, steers, the two weight steers, they were bringing 415 to 430. The three weight steers were 517 to 559. The four weight steers, they were 344 to 475. And the five weights were 373 to 438. Six weight steers traded from 354 to 375. Getting into the heifer trade, the two weight heifers were 3 to 430. The three weight heifers, they were 392 to 465. The four weight heifers, they were bringing 320 to 4 bucks. The five weight heifers, they were 339 to 347. And the six weight heifers, they were selling right around that 234. We end off the week with $13 million worth of livestock marketed in five days. This week, upcoming sales. Thursday, we're expecting 2,500 calves and an all-breed featuring Charlave pre-sort. Then we're back on Saturday with 3,500 head of top-quality Angus calves. For further information, give us a call, 773-3174. Canada's source for quality, Heartland Livestock in Swift Current. The latest pork prices are at $202.01 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Two key indicators of Canadian economic health climbed in August. Manufacturing sales rose 0.7% in August to $72.4 billion on the back of increases in the petroleum and coal, food, and machinery subsectors. Separately, wholesale trade sales, excluding petroleum, petroleum products, oilseed, and grain, increased 2.3% to $83 billion. The increase in wholesale sales were driven by the machinery, equipment, and supplies subsector. Except for a brief period early in the COVID-19 pandemic, the Bank of Canada's Business Outlook survey has dropped to its lowest level in almost a decade. It's down due to companies expecting slower sales growth in the coming year, 
More businesses are thinking that higher interest rates will be a drag on sales and investment plans. The survey also suggested that inflation expectations among businesses edged down but remained higher but than before the pandemic. It found the rising cost of living remains the most pressing concern for consumers. On the markets, the TSX is up 163 points at 19,626. The Dow is up 324 points to 33,994. Oil is down $0.57 cents at $85.78 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at $73.50 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Sask Ag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Sask Ag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.